0: Well, hello, Shepherd family, uh, Pastor Alan Rosenow. Uh, welcome back to our sermon series on the cast of characters as we're taking a look at three Old Testament characters, Isaiah the prophet, David the king, and Zadok the priest. Uh, we're looking at the, uh, the character of these characters and we're also considering the implications of their life uh, and the way they live their lives Uh, for our own Christian living. Uh, We're also taking a look at how these Old Testament characters uh, point us to Jesus, the purifier of our character. In case you weren't able to be with us last week, just a little brief review of what we covered in the first part of this series for the month of February. We mentioned last week that Old Testament prophets and priests and kings were anointed with olive oil uh, into their office. And their anointing was an indication of the presence of the Holy Spirit upon them as they began their service to God and to people and indicated God's divine blessing upon uh, their work. Uh, We also pointed out how Jesus' baptism was his anointing into his office as the great prophet, priest, and king, the Messiah. We talked about how the Old Testament prophets and priests and kings served as patterns or types of the great one to come, the promised Messiah. In fact, we made the point that the entire Old Testament really directs our attention forward to its fulfillment in Jesus, who is the the true prophet, the faithful priest, and the righteous king. So, in February, we're exploring the Old Testament priesthood. And we pointed out last week that that priesthood was established at Mount Sinai, and that Aaron, the brother of Moses, and his sons and descendants were designated to be the priests among the Israelites. We pointed out how priests served as mediators or go betweens between the people and God himself. And the priests served at the tabernacle, or the tent, where God dwelt among his people. We pointed out last week that the tabernacle had two inner chambers, the holy place and the most holy place, or the holy of holies, where the Ark of the Covenant was kept. And that the priests would offer sacrifices on behalf of the people and that on the Day of Atonement, one day a year, the high priest would enter the Holy of Holies and go to the mercy seat on the Ark of the Covenant and offer sacrifices for the sins of the people over the past year. The priests, of course, were approaching God to obtain his forgiveness for the sins of the people and for their own sins as well, with the understanding that the blood of animals could only cover over people's sin, in anticipation of the day when they would be fully removed by the great sacrifice to come. Well, many years later, Solomon's temple would be designed with the same basic floor plan as the tabernacle, although, of course, much larger. So now we're going to fast forward about 500 years from the time of Moses and Aaron to the time of King David. And this is where we meet a particular priest by the name of Zadok. Now, I want to tell you a little true story of something that happened with my wife. Uh, she was uh, uh, volunteering at, with a children's ministry. This was not here at Shepherd of the Desert, uh, but uh, there were children of a var- various ages involved in this program. And uh, there was one particular seven-year-old boy there, and my wife asked him what his name was. And this was his exact response, Zadok, Z-A-D-O-K, it's in the Bible. (laughs) Now, I just can't help but wonder how many times that poor kid had to say that, Zadok, Z-A-D-O-K, it's in the Bible. Uh, Because it is somewhat of an unusual name, obviously. But in fact, there are at least nine different people in the Bible who have the name Zadok, believe it or not, including one who is listed in the genealogy of Jesus in Matthew chapter 1. But by the way, that is not Zadok the priest. In order for us to understand who Zadok the priest was and to fully appreciate his good character traits, we really need to first recall the story of an earlier priest named Eli and his two wicked sons. So Eli and his two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, served as priests at Shiloh, which was the place where the tabernacle was located after the Israelites settled in the promised land of Canaan. By the way, Shiloh was the same place where the boy Samuel was serving when he heard God call to him in the night, Samuel, Samuel, and he answered, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. You can read that story in 1 Samuel chapter 3. Well, as the story goes, Eli's sons acted very wickedly. You can read about that in 1 Samuel chapter 2. So God sent a prophet, a man of God, to tell Eli that because of their wickedness, his family line would be cut off from the priesthood forever. But then the man of God speaks this prophetic message from the Lord. In 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 35, God says, I will raise up for myself a faithful priest who will do according to what is in my heart and mind. I will firmly establish his priestly house, and they will minister before my anointed one always. Those words would be fulfilled in the person of Zadok the priest and his descendants. Well, we learn in 1 Chronicles chapter 6 that Zadok is a direct descendant of Eleazar, the third son of Aaron. So, Zadok was indeed of a priestly family. About 90 years after the time of Eli, David becomes the king of Israel, and David appoints Zadok as priest to serve in his court, along with another man by the name of Abiathar. Well, it's noteworthy, I think, that the name Zadok means righteous. And Zadok demonstrated his righteousness and his faithfulness in a variety of ways for example you may recall that one of david's sons was named absalom and unfortunately absalom became rather self-centered and he was planning and plotting to kill his own father and take over as king well during that time zadok proved to be a faithful priest and as david fled jerusalem he gave Zadok some instructions. First, he put Zadok and Abiathar in charge of the Ark of the Covenant. And so Zadok and Abiathar were to carry out their priestly responsibilities as they pertained to the Ark, and they did so very faithfully. But then, as David was heading eastward out of the city toward the desert, he gave Zadok these further instructions. From 2 Samuel 15, we read this. The king also said to Zadok the priest, Do you understand? Go back to the city with my blessing. Take your son Ahimaaz with you and also Abiathar's son Jonathan. You and Abiathar return with your two sons. I will wait at the fords in the wilderness until word comes from you to inform me. So Zadok and Abiathar took the Ark of God back to Jerusalem and stayed there. So then, while these two priests are back in Jerusalem, they're listening, and they find out details concerning Absalom's intentions. And so later, Zadok and Abiathar help to get a message to David about Absalom's evil plans, and the end of the story was Absalom was defeated. So David returned to Jerusalem and Zadok continued to serve as a faithful priest. Now there's a, a key principle here that I think is important, and that is that faithfulness to God's anointed one, namely the king, demonstrated faithfulness to God. Faithfulness to God's anointed one, the king, demonstrated faithfulness to God himself. But now there was an even more telling example of Zadok proving his faithfulness and his righteousness. It came when David David was now a very old man. He was nearing the end of his life. He was literally on his deathbed. And David's fourth son, a guy named Adonijah, put himself forward to be the next king even though he knew that Solomon had been designated to be the next king after David. Well, listen now to two verses from 1 Kings about this part of the story. Adonijah conferred with Joab, son of Zeruiah, and with Abiathar the priest, and they gave him their support. But Zadok the priest, Benaiah son of Jehoiada, Nathan the prophet, Shimei and Re, and David's special guard did not join Adonijah. That Bible passage in 1 Kings mentioned Joab. Joab was the commander of David's army, I mean, it, like his top general. And Joab turned away from David and gave his allegiance to his son Adonijah. Same with Abiathar, who was the other priest in David's court. Both of these men gave their allegiance to Adonijah. But notice, Zadok remained faithful and loyal to both David and Solomon after David, while the other priest Abiathar did not. Well, David was informed of all of this, and this was his response found in 1 Kings chapter 1. King David said, Call in Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah son of Jehoiada. And when they came before the king, he said to them, Take your Lord's servants with you, and have Solomon my son mount my own mule, and take him down to Gihon. There have Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet anoint him king over Israel. Blow the trumpet and shout, Long live King Solomon! Then you are to go up with him, and he is to come and sit on my throne and reign in my place. I have appointed him ruler over Israel and Judah. So what I want you to see here in this story is that Zadok proved faithful, even though the other priest, Abiathar, had not. We take note of Zadok's character, his faithfulness, his loyalty, his dedication to not only King David and later King Solomon, but his dedication and loyalty to God himself. And it affords us the opportunity to ask, what about our own character? How are we in terms of our faithfulness to God, our loyalty and our dedication to our Lord? If we do an honest self-evaluation, certainly we see our own failings what the Bible calls sin. In fact, even Zadok was not a perfect man. He was a sinner like us. You know, when he made sacrifices for the sins of the people, he certainly had to make sacrifices for his own sins as well. And if we're honest, uh, we haven't always been completely faithful and dedicated to God as we should be. We have our own failings, our own self-centeredness. But I think something else that Zadok does for us is that he points us to the perfect righteous priest, namely, Jesus himself. And let's remember what a priest does. He offers a sacrifice for sin. In the book of Hebrews, in the New Testament, the writer says this about Jesus, the great high priest, In Hebrews 7, such a high priest truly meets our need, one who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. Unlike the other high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices day after day, first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. He sacrificed for their sins once for all when he offered himself. You know, in the gospel of John chapter one, we hear John the Baptist point to Jesus and say these words, look, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. If you put that all together, you recognize that Jesus is both the high priest and the sacrifice. And at the cross, The high priest offers himself, the Lamb of God, once for all. It's amazing to recognize what it is that took place on Mount Calvary. Jesus himself fulfills all of what we've talked about so far in the Old Testament. As he, the great high priest, the great anointed one, the Messiah, offers himself, the Lamb of God, as the sacrifice for sin to remove it once and for all, completely. You know, in Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, he writes these words. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2, it says, God made you holy by means of Christ Jesus, just as he did for all people everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. In other words, through your faith in Jesus, your great high priest, you are declared holy and righteous in God's sight. God looks at you and me, and he calls us Zadok, righteous. And now having been made righteous, we are also called to live righteously, faithfully seeking to do all things in honor of our king, Jesus. You know, earlier, we said that faithfulness to God's anointed one, the king, demonstrated faithfulness to God himself. Well, how much more true that is in our relationship with Jesus, the anointed one. For faithfulness to him demonstrates faithfulness to the Father. Well, next week, we're going to learn about Zadok's descendants and how their part of the story has something to teach us as well. In the meantime, if anyone were to ask you if you have a nickname, you might just want to say Zadok, Z-A-D-O-K. It's in the Bible. (laughs) Well, friends in Christ, may the Lord who has declared you Zadok, righteous, now empower you by his holy spirit to live righteously for his glory amen and we'll see you next